Hello, Feel Podcast audience. We are back this week with a really compelling conversation. I am here with three of, of four of my staff members today. I've got Michaela, Jessica, and Charlotte with me today. And this topic came up as we were pl- doing some planning over the summer about the topics that we wanted to hit on and talk about as we were planning for season three. And it came up in the conversation that we should talk about beauty and beauty privilege. And what does it mean? How does it show up in the world for us? What's been our experience in it? Do we feel like we've gotten to define it for ourselves? Or do we feel like it's been defined for us and we feel forced to live within it? I mean, one of our challenges that we talked about is like, we could talk about this for hours. We are not going to talk about it for hours today. We're not going to do that to you, but we are going to start what we feel like is a really important conversation that we feel like just about every human in the world has some sort of experience with. And um, and we want you to be engaged in this conversation. We are going to be doing a lot of, as we promote this episode, we're going to be asking and we want your input. We want us to comment what your experience has been with beauty and beauty privilege. We want you to email us your thoughts about this. And if there's a further conversation involved or or you know maybe it's in a newsletter that Jessica writes about all the things we heard back about beauty privilege and you know whatever that looks like um, but we feel like it's an important topic and so we're going to be talking about that today so thank you so much ladies for being with me today i really appreciate this and i'm excited for this conversation thank you for having us i'm excited as well good 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 so we're going to start out with and this is interesting you google things these days it's so amazing it's everywhere so I Googled the definition of beauty and I, you know, I got a few different options. I grew up as a Webster dictionary girl. We had a giant Webster dictionary in my living room. So I went there first and then I went to the Oxford dictionary. And then I think I looked on Wikipedia. I looked a couple of different spaces and I kind of landed on the one that seemed like the most um, all encompassing. And I have a cold today. You've all been warned. My staff has been warned that <laughs> I have a cold. So we're going to be working through that too. Um, and what I came up with was beauty is a noun, or not I came up with, Google, Oxford Dictionary came up with. Beauty is a noun, a combination of qualities. This is really interesting, such as shape, color, or form that pleases the aesthetic senses, especially the sight. A combination of qualities that pleases the intellect or moral sense, and I would say we could use a lot more of that in the world. Um, And then it also has denoting something intended to make a woman more attractive. Like, okay, interesting. She was considered a great beauty in her youth, which we will get into her youth because God only knows we can only be beautiful to a certain age and, and then we're just ugly. I mean, I was like, oh my God, it's in the dictionary even. It's so insane. Some of those beautiful women I know are like 90. I mean, what is the world missing out on? Um, but this is like, this is in the dictionary. And so I wonder we're all messed up with this. So those were just, those were a few examples of of the beauty definition that I was just like, oh my gosh, mind blown, but should it really be blown on me? Should I really be surprised? 
And then I Googled beauty privilege. And oh my gosh, I was like a host of things. And the first thing it took me to is body privilege, which I thought was really interesting. And I feel like that's its own other topic, but also is tied into beauty privilege. And we're going to get into that today. And then the Urban Dictionary calls it pretty privilege. A person who has more opportunities and becomes more successful in life because of how attractive they are based on whoever decided, got to decide they were attractive. Um, And then there goes into this whole list of articles that you could literally read for days. What is pretty privilege and how does it affect you? Um, Pretty privilege disadvantages, pretty privilege test, pretty privilege benefits, pretty privilege psychology, pretty girl privilege, pretty privilege is real. I mean, all, I'm, I'm the ugly truth about pretty privilege. That's probably the most accurate one. Is I mean, it I, like I said, we could go on for days. So as you can see, there's no shortage of material for us to work with on this topic. And so again, one of the challenges, but also kind of one of the fun things as we dive into this. So based on all that information, we each still, based on our upbringing, what we've been told, our culture, what we've decided for ourselves. Um, We each have our own definition of what we think beauty is. Um, And so we're going to talk about that today. We're each going to, I'm going to, each of the staff members, we're going to jump in and give our experience with this. And we're just going to talk through these ideas behind it and what our lived experience has been and, um, and kind of go from there. We're going to bring the talking points at the end, because I think that when you were talking about beauty and beauty privilege, there's a lot of scenarios, especially as women, where we need to build some boundaries around it and who gets to speak to it to us, that we get to define our own expectations of it versus other expectations, that we have to talk about how it affects our emotional, mental, and physical health because of the things we do to ourselves and our bodies to try to meet the standard of beauty, the subjective standard of beauty that's been thrown at us and the privilege that we may or may not have experienced from it. Um, So that's, and then we'll kind of wrap it up from there. So that gives us a scenario. Okay, ladies, here we go. Um, Michaela, let's start with you. Talk to me about what your definition of beauty is. Sure. So I would define beauty as the quality of someone's internal self or their inner beauty Mm. um in other words like the hidden parts of ourselves that we can't see with our natural eyes but we do get a glimpse of when we're looking at someone's actions words and deeds Mm. that's a real i really like that definition that's beautiful i I, there there's the word (laughs) but i but i think that actually is i mean that was not intended that was not supposed to be a pun but i really like that thank you and charlotte how about you So I would say definitely my definition of beauty is more in line with Michaela's than the ones that we read about online, which Mm. I'm not really surprised by. Yeah. I think that for me, I see beauty as something that has to do with who we are on the inside and our souls, like who we are as people. Mm -hmm. And I think another big part of it is kindness and the ways in which we treat other people, because Mm. I think that a lot of the time we just look at someone and say they're beautiful. But I feel like what is really beautiful is when we kind of take the time to be kind to others and do things that are beautiful, not only 
being perceived as beautiful. Right. No, I think that's great. And I will put this out there and it's going to sound a little catty, but I think we can all think of one physically really attractive person who is not beautiful. They are ugly on the inside, whether they're mean, whether they're just miserable, whatever the case may be. So yeah, I actually, I really love your thoughts on that. Okay, Jessica. Yeah, I agree 100% with all of that. And I even, well, I put in my definition about it being in the eye of the beholder, like not everyone has to agree on the same thing, being beautiful. Like there's so, it's so hard to just like nail it down to like one thing, Mm -hmm. but then like listening to everyone else speak, it is really about like who you are as a person. Like growing up, you don't think that it's always about how you look on the outside, but then like you had just said, Melissa, there was someone I went to school with and everyone thought he was so attractive and he was so hot and he was so great. And I was like, he is so mean. I can't stand to just look (laughs) at this guy. Like everyone loves him. And it's just like stuff like that, that really affects how you're perceived by others or by yourself. So I definitely agree with Charlotte and Michaela that it's about who you are on the inside more. Right. One, I love that the three of you who are all in your 20s and have been hit sideways by all the definitions of beauty, not only from the magazines and TV shows that I grew up with, but from the internet and social media, that you have all in your early 20s arrived at this, I think, really healthy definition of beauty for yourself. So really impressed by that, number one. Number two, I think Jessica said something really important. People that are this attractive guy, people were talking about how hot he was. He got away with some of his shit because he was so attractive, hot, beautiful, you know, whatever the case is. And we see that all the time. So I think that's, and you good for you on naming it, noticing it, because I think there's a lot of situations, especially in high school where that's happening and people are, they think it, but they're afraid to say it because they don't want to be ostracized because that of that privilege that that person's appearance has bought them. Um, I think that happens all the time, not just high school, but I think that's the first place we really see it actively aware of, you know, that we can notice it and name it for what it is. Okay. More on that later, but we're going to go into, we have all seen women and men both be chosen over others because of their perceived beauty or given excuses for behavior because of their perceived beauty, as well as, and this happens, I think, more with women than men, but you know, but not necessarily. I don't want to be, too, I want to be careful of that because I also know of, of a lot of guys out there that are like, oh, he looks good, but not much going on upstairs. I mean, there's that kind of crap that happens on both sides. Um, so we've seen those people not given credit for their intellect because oh, if you're that beautiful, you can't possibly be smart too, or physically beautiful, you know, those kinds of things. So um, I'm going to go back to Michaela on this. Talk to me about what you think about that topic or that subject matter. So um, I'm going to, I guess, tie this into like, um, I guess what you were mentioning about like the magazines and like the TV shows and movies and everything. Because I Mm -hmm. know that in the early 2000s, especially, I don't know if it's such a big issue today, but definitely in the early 2000s in movies and TV shows, you would have 
like the popular girls, like they would get chosen over like maybe the wallflowers or like the reserve mm. shy nerdy character in the movie. And usually those characters that were reserved would be people that beyond their glasses, because they would usually always have them wearing glasses. <laughs> That's so true. And braces sometimes too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just having on, you know, braces or glasses, but they were so gorgeous and beautiful beyond that and so Mm -hmm. you would have these scenes in which you know they would get maybe a makeover done and voila they're you know this beautiful gorgeous person that no one ever thought they could be and so it's just really sad to see how overly fixated and consumed we've been with our looks like we've made them our idols essentially um and made them made our outer appearance seem as though that was what determines someone's worth, someone's value in this earth. And it's like, why, you know, when we should be taking care of um, our inner beauty as much as our outer. And honestly, what's on the inside is actually more beautiful than what's on the outside. Because like Jessica was mentioning in her example about the guy, like you can be the most attractive person on the outside, but could be so stone cold and ugly on the inside with the way that you treat people and the way that you conduct yourself So it's just really sad to see um, how we just been so overly consumed with that. But I'm glad to see that I think we're starting to pull away from that Mm -hmm. um, as we're like seeing media change. But it's still around. Um, Definitely. I know we're going to get into like the social media aspect of it all. But um, I thought that was definitely worth mentioning. And I even saw this in my own experiences at school, too. You know, people other girls that I would compare myself to being chosen over um, people like me who were shy, reserved, introverted. Um, I actually wanted to use one example because I just thought of this recently. Um, There was this guy who was writing all the girls in my class. And when one of the girls got to me and I was sitting around these people when you know, they were playing around and doing this when that girl asked the guy like, okay, what would you rate Michaela? I got so nervous because I kind of figured or knew what his answer was going to be, but I was just waiting to see if I was going to be proven wrong. And I wasn't. Um, I remember he rated me like either three or four. And I remember in that moment, like I felt so insecure and I just felt Mm. like I was never going to be worthy of being dateable to a guy. And, Mm. you know, it just, that triggered something in me that it didn't need to. And so um, I'm just, yeah, I'm just glad that, you know, we're pulling away from that now, but it's still such a big issue in our society. Definitely. For sure. For sure. That reminds me of a story, Michaela, and, and, and I'll get to, I want to hear from Jessica and Charlotte that I want to share though, that, cause I know exactly what you mean by that. And that age, uh, uh, junior high. Uh. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Okay. Charlotte. So I think Michaela brought up a really good point about a lot of the media that we kind of consumed at those formative ages mm-hmm. where we kind of got these ideas from society about beauty And I think that a lot of movies, like you mentioned, that have like that makeover scene perpetuate the idea that we have to change ourselves rather than change society's ideals about beauty. And I think that's a very harmful idea, but it obviously is still in effect in certain places today. I see it a lot, especially on social media. And I definitely related to what you said too, 
that in high school, I never felt really dateable to a lot of guys, because I felt like they had these like preconceived notions about who the pretty girls were. A lot of the time they were like cheerleaders at my school, people who were like on the dance team. And I know those are stereotypes in themselves too. But when I was in high school, I was an art kid. I minded my own business. I was very introverted. I would just wear like band t-shirts, usually a pretty obscure band. So it wasn't even like Mm -hmm. anybody would try to talk to me about them. So I kind of felt like, okay, well, I'll give myself more the personality of an outsider because that's where I feel more comfortable. But I feel like, you know, then once I got to college, I kind of tried to change that a little bit. And I feel Mm. like that was both good and bad because Mm. in my first semester in college, I did get a boyfriend. So I, it boosted my self-confidence a lot and made me feel like better about myself because I hadn't prior been able to do that. But then at the same time, after that relationship, I feel like I was so desperate to try to get that kind of attention again and Mm. that kind of validation. So I feel like what happened, at least for me with social media, was that I noticed that I would start posting very different things on social media, almost to get attention or to be perceived in a different way than I had been perceived before. So like when I was in high school and especially in the beginning of college, I would just post things that I liked or that made me happy. And I feel like once I was kind of more concerned about how I looked on the outside or what other people would think, I kind of changed what I posted to be a little more desirable to like a man, which I know is stupid. And now I look back and I'm like, that was, I'm embarrassed looking at some of those pictures that I would post because I purposely like lower my shirt a little bit or wear a lot of makeup, things like that, because that's what I was convinced people would give me attention for. And of course, as I thought, plenty of people from my college that I had never spoken to Once I started dressing that way, acting that way on social media and giving myself this perception of like, oh, like I'm this guy's definition of beautiful, then they would slide into my DMs and be like, hey, you're like really pretty. We should talk more, whatever. So I feel like I was getting that beauty privilege, but only because I was kind of catering it to what I thought other people wanted to see. Wow. So interesting. And I have so many thoughts about that too, about just what I did in that same world. So it's, I mean, I am 30 years older than a lot of, you know, 25 to 30 years older than y'all. And some of those things just don't change <laughs> what, what we do. Um, all right, Jessica, your thoughts on that? Oh, I have to say, Michaela unlocked a memory in the back of my oh, head that I must man. have pushed away. <laughs> like people with the papers, like rating each other, like what the heck was that? But I, I just know. remember like sitting there and being like, oh my gosh, I hope my name's not on that paper. And like, yes, so nervous and scared, like in math class in middle school. Like, I can't believe we did that. Like, I just like crazy that that just like unlocked a memory that I've also experienced that. And I understand what Charlotte's saying about finally like when you finally get a boyfriend and you're like I must be good enough I must be pretty enough I must be this and that because I experienced the exact same thing with my first boyfriend is you just never feel good enough and it's a shame that we have to like 
have our standards held by men. Like, if men will like us, then then we're good. Then we yes, are. Yes, it's like, why do we turn all this yeah, power like, over to them? Oh, good. He likes me. I'm pretty and I'm nice enough and I'm this enough and I'm good enough. And it's like, oh my goodness. Like, if I could just go back in time and like hug my smaller self and just tell I her, know. like, none of that stuff is going to matter at all. And people, you will find people who like you for you and like, you don't have to change yourself, but it's like, no one's there to really tell you that because everyone's no. doing it, but we just like, mm-hmm. don't talk about it. And it's, yes, it's just so sad to think back and like, none of us are really connected except for in this podcast. And yet we all went through this and we all experienced this. And it's just, yeah. I, I think it's good. We're having this conversation because like, you really think you're alone. It's like every single person is like going through this, changing themselves to look pretty or look good enough. Yeah. And it's, it's exhausting. It is exhausting. And yeah. I mean, I, as when you all three were saying things, and this is another thing that it doesn't, there's no age to this. I am 53. You all are in your, you're in that, you know, 22 to 24 space and, and are having these experiences. And a couple of my examples were junior high. Like I've said, I have strong feelings about junior high, but junior high, is kind of when I was just kind of starting to, um, I don't know, figure myself out, kind of find what I thought looked good beauty wise, getting my own definitions of what I thought. And I'm like, I think I look good. I think I like this about myself. And was starting to hear from, you know, people, mostly adults, but people, gosh, you know, to my mom and dad, gosh, she's really sprouting into a beautiful young lady and took a lot of pride in that. So I was kind of in that space and kind of sort of starting to get noticed by boys and, you know, and all the whatever that comes with that. Um, And I'm sitting in one of my classes. I don't even remember which one. um, And I hear one of my, he was a jackass and and no one would ever convince me otherwise. He was this popular guy that everybody always kind of made excuses for. And he wasn't even cute. He didn't have beauty privilege. So I haven't quite figured out that whole piece yet, but he had some kind, you know, anyway, and he turned around to me and he's like, nice mustache. And I had um, very dark hair, dark arm hair. And, you know, when you're going through puberty and you get that little like fuzz above your face, maybe some of you did, some of you didn't, I did. And it was devastating, like, because that came from one of my peers and he, that's the whole thing he noticed about me. And then he's like, Melissa has a mustache. And he, like, that was this whole, so that was like, I, yeah, he and I never saw eye to eye on anything, but that was like, that's really devastating. So then I'm going home and I'm looking at my, you know, trying to figure out, can I bleach this? What can I do? Trying to change me instead of just like, no, he's just a jackass and I just need to move on. But I gave so much and I carried that with me for years, that whole whatever. Um, and then the other thing is, um, my first, I had, I dated throughout high school, but my first like serious boyfriend, my senior year of high school, also a jackass. Um, but you know, we built, we, we built this whole persona on, you know, if I get this boyfriend and this person and they say these things about me, then I must be valuable. I must be pretty. And he always had a lot to say about my body in terms of, you know, you have nice track legs, but if they were a little thinner, they'd be really nice legs, period. Okay. I, what am I even supposed to do? Or if you did this with your hair, or if you wore that 
shirt or these jeans or quit quit trying to hide your boobs and like why why do we give this power to these people and it's just so inbuilt in the culture he didn't think for one minute that it was not okay for him to make these statements and that he is not the only one that we have created and accepted a space that goes back thousands of years of men defining and deciding and even even other men living by it to you know to a degree of what culture is and and everybody's just kind of taken it in and accepted it and i think of all the crap that we put up with in this space cuz we just thought we were supposed to and if we spoke up it would be looked down on or we'd be called a bitch or you know why do we care i mean there's so many things that go with it kind of rambled there because it brought up a lot of emotions in me but i think it's those experiences that we've all had that i'm like Geez, you guys talked about things I'm like, I haven't thought about that in years, but that brought that up in me. So that's, again, I think, you know, Jessica said it, that's why it's so important for us to be talking about this. We have seen the culture try to tell us what size, what color, what skin tone, what shape are externally beautiful and acceptable, as well as how old we can be before we stop being beautiful instead of just be like, Beauty just looks different at different ages. And why have we decided that's only an external thing? Michaela, talk to me about what you think about that. Sure. So I know that America's Next Top Model is um, a great example of this, definitely. Um, I know it's recently gotten controversy for, I guess, like the obstacles that they put the contestants through. And then like some of the judges' comments towards the contestants about their beauty and like wanting to change up what they saw as false or imperfections. Like I know one girl had a gap in her teeth and they wanted to like fix that for her, but she was perfectly fine and okay with that. And if I'm not mistaken, I, I don't think she um, got the procedure done where they were trying to like close the gap. And I'm actually, you know, proud of her for doing that because you know, she embraced that part of herself. And, you know, that's what we should be doing with our books, um, not giving into, I guess, the feedback or opinions that people have given us over the years. And also, too, like about the age thing, um, I know that I've seen so many mm-hmm. commercials and so many advertisements about anti-aging products. And, you know, like you were saying, Melissa, talking about like, I guess, beauty stopping at a certain age. And it's so sad, honestly, because I look at characters like Blanche from Golden Girls, for example, (laughs) who she was so full of herself. She, she was so obsessed with her looks and wanting to look young and, you know, always claiming to be the most beautiful out of all of her friends and everything like that. And I mean, yeah, she did look good. She did look um, really good for her age, but it's just so sad that like we've yeah. have told like women, especially like you stop being beautiful once you hit your fifties or once you hit maybe even your forties too, mm-hmm. because now you're considered old. And it's like, yeah. why are we telling women this? Why are we telling men this? Why can't we embrace that time of our life where we earn you know, our gray hairs, we're now in our golden years, like this is, this should be an exciting time of our life, you know, um, especially for women, I guess, like, well, I can't really speak on the menopause um, part just yet. But at least like, you know, the stopping of periods and everything like that. But 
yeah, it's just so sad that like we had these advertisements and commercials saying otherwise and telling us like, no, you need to still remain young. You need to still look young for your age. And again, not embracing this life cycle that we all go through and the changes that we go through our bodies once we continue to grow old. And the last thing I wanted to mention about this topic is that I actually recently rewatched a video that Coffee and Bible Time did Mm. recently on body image. Mm. And it was Ashley and her mother, um, aka Mentor Mama, love Mentor Mama. (laughs) And um, they were talking about like their struggles with body image issues throughout life and how um, I know Ashley was mentioning how, you know, she grew up watching like Disney movies and like the Disney princesses and everything and talking about like Victoria's Secret, um, briefly mentioning that because I know that they've also um, have gone under fire too for like displaying, you know, only fin models and not doing a good job of representing all body types and all body shapes. And so I really like the point that they made, like them referencing scripture. And I actually have like one of the scriptures that I wanted to mention. It comes from Proverbs 3130, which states, Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. And I really like the fact that they mention in reference that passage of scripture, because that just goes to show that. Yes, you know, beauty is fleeting. You know, that's not, I mean, not to say that beauty stops, like no matter what age that we are, but it is going to be fleeting over time. You are going to start to notice external changes in yourself. But at the end of the day, I guess in like a Christian context, this is, you know, a woman who is after God's own heart and seeks to please and honor the Lord is more valuable than someone who's so overly consumed with their looks. And that's how we should be looking at beauty instead of what society has been telling us to look at it as. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of really good points there. And again, it prompted a lot of thoughts in my head, but I'm going to let you all speak and then I'll say to the end. Um, Charlotte, how about you? So definitely in terms of the first part of like what the culture tries to tell us about what is beautiful and what's acceptable I feel like as of recently, whenever I'm on social media or watching TV, anything like that, I feel like there is a lot of emphasis on like that Kardashian kind of My daughter's mentioned that, yes. Yeah. (laughs) When I I ask them about this topic, they're like, say the Kardashians, everybody will know what you're talking about. Like when I watch a show, I watch like Too Hot to Handle, like one of those ridiculous reality shows. And all of the people on it look almost identical because they have the same procedures done to fit into these kind of standards that people like the Kardashians have set. And a lot of it is like very specific, like areas where you can be big or small, like big button boobs, but small waist, uh, small nose, but big lips, things like that. I feel like Botox is everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Then like no wrinkles and no gray hair, no things like that, which I feel like, again, talking about the idea of age and what age beauty can be at kind of goes against some of those. Mm -hmm. And as far as what I've noticed in terms of my own experiences with other people kind of telling me what's beautiful or not, Mm -hmm. I feel like 
I've had a lot of unsolicited comments about my own body and about my appearance. Yes. Unsolicited so, being the key. Yeah. Yeah. So like with one of my ex-boyfriends pointing out stretch marks on my body saying, you're really skinny. I didn't expect you to have so many stretch marks or things like that, where Gosh. it's like, obviously part of me is desirable, like the skinny part, but then it's like the stretch marks are like an afterthought that's almost seen as negative. I've mm-hmm. heard the same thing about body hair because yes. ever since I was in middle school, I got self-conscious about my leg hair because mm-hmm. it grew in darker because I me have darker too. hair. Yep. So I was shaving my legs from the time I was pretty young. Same with under my arms. Yeah. But in other places, I still had body hair and then got comments about that from my significant other. And Mm. another just funny comment that I had was that um, this past weekend, I went to Comic-Con and I wore a blonde wig for two of my different cosplays. And both times, randomly, I had men that I've never spoken to slide into my DMs and say, you look really good with blonde hair. I'm like, I didn't ask. I was doing a cosplay. (laughs) So it's just funny that even that, like, I'm not even, I wasn't doing, I was just doing it for a costume. Unlike when I used to kind of post for that male attention or whatever. I was just posting in a costume that I did, screen accurate, very proud of it. And then I get these comments like, you look really cute as a blonde. Like, I'm like, I did not ask. And then, um, as I was saying before, because I was mentioning the Kardashians, I remember seeing a video recently that Kim Kardashian was talking about not having any gray hairs, like that was some miraculous thing, and they were like applauding her for it. So that really got me thinking about the whole age thing again, Yes. and thinking about how almost society has like an expiration date for beauty, and I feel- Especially for women. Only, yeah, pretty much- In Hollywood- yeah. 75 year old, you know, Michael Douglas can have a part with, you know, 35 <laughs> year old pick your actress. And yeah. no one thinks that's weird. And he's no. you know, regal. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, but I do find that funny because I see a lot of posts online, too, that are like, oh, this dude aged like fine one. He's a dilf. And then it's a woman. And it's like, oh, she aged so badly. I know even with Keanu Reeves had a girlfriend yes. that looked she looked good, but people thought that she looked older than him because she had gray hair and were like criticizing him. Like, do they want him to date like an 18 year old girl? Like yeah. it just rubbed me the wrong way. And I feel like another thing with society is that we promote like natural beauty, but only when it fits in these certain standards. And then sure. once a woman gets to a certain age and they do have cosmetic procedures done to kind of fit and kind of counteract the critiques they've gotten about their appearance, like, oh, they have too many wrinkles or this. So then when they do get Botox or some sort of cosmetic surgery, then they get shamed on the other end. Like, oh, look, now they look fake or now they're trying to look too young or whatever. So I feel like it's one of those situations that no matter what women do, we really can't win. Yes. And it becomes very frustrating. And especially with social media lately, all the filters like that change – I would just go on Instagram to get like a cute filter for a picture or something. And when I try to post on my story, it's like changing my face or changing different things. Oh man! So it's ridiculous. Like in a lot of these filters, lips or eyelashes or Mm -hmm. nose size are built in and you can't take it off. So it gives you like a complex when the filter comes off and you're like, that's, I thought I looked so good. What happened? And it's because 
society just projects that this is what's attractive and this is what's not that is built into just like a colorful filter on your phone wow wow that's such a that's so scary and also fascinating at the same time because gosh so many thoughts i mean because one capitalism has profitized the heck out of our insecurities that they in turn give us to be profitable to do all these things and you're right we can't win we're either like we're being criticized for the things we're not fixing or if we are fixing them then we're fake i mean there's no win in that situation and michaela brought up a good really good point too of like i'm in my 50s this is the best it's been one of the hardest decades so far but also one of the best decades i've been able able to be my most creative most authentic expressive self of my whole life I feel I'm my truest self today and continuing to evolve and learn into that more so than any other part of my life. And, um, and anybody that misses that is, is missing out and to be told that it's anything less than that. And guess what? I don't have to have my damn period anymore. Yay. (laughs) Not missing that. It's so, I mean, I think it's just so interesting and just the things we do. I mean, I, my hair is in this in-between stage of some gray, some dark, and it's just very kind of contrasty kind of in that weird in-between. So I do some highlights and lowlights and whatnot to kind of camouflage until one day you're going to find me and when it's all turned and I'm just going to be white because my grandma was white, my mom's white white hair at an early age. Um, But even just within that, like, I do this thing and I had, you know, another hairdresser be like, well, you might want to just start coloring rather than doing that. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm not, I don't, I'm not trying to look like I'm 30. I've been there. I've done that. I'm 53. I'm good with that. This is just kind of a camouflage method until the transition is complete. But even just kind of the thoughts and comments around that are so interesting. And what we talked about with Hollywood and, you know, all these narratives that are out there which again, I go back to, I'm so impressed with each of your definitions of beauty being so solid and concrete that you've been able to work through the muck because you'll have to continue to do that. I mean, I don't think it's going anywhere. I think the biggest thing we can do is do what we're today doing today and talk about it and quit giving profit to these things that are just trying to play on our insecurities and try to define what is beautiful. We get to decide that. And if we decide it, we do it because we want to, not because of some ideology that's been sold to us. I think this happens a lot too. I think there's a real beauty um, privilege, beauty issue when you start talking about skin tone and skin color and nationalities. And you guys have any thoughts on that before we move on? Because I feel like that's a whole thing too. I Yeah, I was thinking beauty culture just in it of itself is just kind of like a fad. Whatever the celebrities are doing and they make popular is what's cool and good and beautiful. And there is always scandals of like people with like Kylie Jenner, if we're talking about the Kardashians or Kim Kardashian and they like blackfish, which is like they make their skin tone darker or they make their body look different to make themselves look like they're black when they're not. And it's like, you know, it completely ignoring racism and ignoring like decades ago where that where if you looked like that you were ugly and undesirable and nobody wanted you but now it's cool it's cool that that if your lips are bigger or you have a big butt or if your hair is curly or kinky or whatever it is because 
these white people are making it look good and making it look cool. And then everyone just follows suit and completely ignoring like everything else that comes behind that with, you know, black women or black men or like this idea of people with darker skin tone or of a different race can't be beautiful. Yeah. And then there'll be people who get surgery to make their eyes look like they're Asian. Like, it's just so bizarre that it's like, it's a fashion. Like completely ignores everything else that like the struggles that these people have to deal with, but it's, it's what looks good. And it looks, it makes me beautiful. But when they're born like that, it's like, oh, well, they're ugly. Like, look at how they look or something. And they yeah. can change that about themselves. They're not going to go get these procedures to fix Nor everything. Or should they? Because they're beautiful the way they are. I, yeah, yeah. But you, yeah, that's such a good point about that of like, and how, how can you completely miss how offensive that is to people that are black, that are brown, that are Asian? My God, for all that they have to fight for and all the crap and persecution that they have to put up with. Ugh, yeah. I, that is mm. really, I'm really glad you brought that up. Really good point, Jessica. Any, yeah. anyone else want to comment on that, on that topic? I definitely agree with everything that Jessica said too. And I actually, her mentioning black fishing reminded me of this article that I wrote back in college mm. um, that I did on that topic too. And you could just tell in that article, I was just so frustrated and upset because it's just like why is this even a thing like why are we going backwards why is this still a thing that we see in our society because I know that Jessica was mentioning or implying something about this happening in the past and it did because I know that in menstrual shows you know white actors would you know don blackface and they would like show us in a negative light And I actually also did a project on that for my history class. And just seeing the footage of that, just, it's so disturbing. And it's just, Mm. it's just a lot. And, you know, it just really saddens me that like, that's still kind of normalized in our society. And we think that's okay to do. Yeah, that's really all I wanted to say and touch on that. But like, I can talk about that for hours and like my complaints on that, but I'll just end it there. Well, no, those are really good thoughts. And just the fact that you've talked about two different academic experiences where you took the time to express yourself about that and that it was necessary. And I just, it's just insane that how privilege just disrupts people's ability to have good sense, to be empathetic to consider how that might make someone that actually is black or brown or Asian feel (laughs) what that does to their emotional and mental health. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's just, it's just another, yeah, again, a topic we could talk about all day. Um, Charlotte, did you want to add anything before we move on? I was going to say, I strongly agree about everything that Jessica and Michaela touched upon that it's very harmful when we kind of make features of other groups of people that have been kind of, you know, marginalized for these features. And now they're only becoming a like trend or something like that. And then they'll move on to the next thing. And now it's like, it's ridiculous. Like even I know with the Kardashians, a lot of people were talking that throughout their careers, they've copied a lot from black women and other ethnic groups and racial groups, but I find it kind of crazy because now some of them are undoing some of the procedures they've done almost like Kim's body looks very different. 
and she's gotten a lot of her implants and different procedures removed to almost look like a skinny white woman again. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely setting very odd and kind of contrasting views about beauty because they change so quickly and they go through these phases. So it's almost like doing something and then undoing it and how damaging that can be. And especially just for anybody watching. Yeah, because they have is such like, huge influence, good or bad. Yeah. Everybody knows who they are. I mean, we say Kardashians and we all knew who we were talking about here. Yeah. But yeah. it's just like anybody watching is like, okay, well, I thought this look was beautiful and now it's this. And it just sends very mixed signals and gets very confusing. Yeah. And especially for younger audiences, I feel like sure. it can be extremely damaging. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like, yeah, we could do a whole topic on that in itself. Uh, So many of these things have so many branching topics. I feel like we'll be coming back to this again. Well, thank you so much all for your thoughts on that. Now, this is interesting because you all in your definitions of beauty, very intuitively and purposefully mentioned inner beauty. But I would argue that from a cultural social media magazine, what we're sold standpoint, we have seen no value given to inner beauty and what that looks like. So, um, Michaela, we'll start to you. Start with you. Talk to me about that or how that's affected you. Yes. Yeah, so, um, it's just again really disappointing that our society like has caused us to just be so overly fixated and focused on our outer beauty. Because again, at the end of the day, um, what flows out of our like internal self is what's going to flow out of our outer self as well so I think that you know by us neglecting that we're doing more harm than good and so like I'm hoping that as we continue to move forward as a society and as we are accepting that social media is like a part of our everyday lives that Mm -hmm. we will come to terms with that or like we will come to um not in like in agreement to like you know focusing more on what's on the inside than the outside yeah. and like for me I guess because um I used to also make my outer appearance like an idol of mine like my identity mm. was rooted in that because I was yeah. you know um agreeing with these people that were saying that I was bony that I was anorexic that mm. I was Bambi and you know calling me ugly and, you know, just in so many words. So wow. um, I was also neglecting what was on the inside and what was on the inside was just a broken heart, just filled with mm. so much insecurity and just so much, you know, feelings of loneliness and, you know, wanting to be loved and wanting that validation from others, but not being able to find it unless it was through my family and friends. Yeah. So. Yeah, I actually also wanted to like swing back to the Bible and like um, recite a verse that comes from like First Samuel 16 and 7, which states, um, I'm going to skip around a little bit just to get okay. to the point, but it says, for the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outer appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Since we don't know the motives and intentions behind a person's heart, we do focus on the outer appearance because that's all we can see. That's all that we feel like makes up a person. And so if we don't like that about someone, we're going to mention that. We're going to throw insults. We're going to belittle them because of that, even though that's something that they can't change. Or maybe it's something that they don't want to change and they come to accept, they come to embrace. And so 
it just yeah it just really saddens me that like again we've built this culture around vanity honestly and yeah. you know having like so much pride and arrogance over our looks when again we should be focusing and taking a heart inventory we should be taking yeah. an inventory on what's on the inside every single day and making sure that we're also taking care of our internal self just as much as our outer appearance yeah, I love that heart inventory word. I think that's really important. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Charlotte, did you want to comment on that at all? I definitely agree that our definitions obviously did really touch upon inner beauty, but society doesn't always. Yeah. And I feel like I've seen that a lot because any time, almost any time that a guy has been interested in me or expressed interest in me, it was not something that was just about my personality. It was almost always just appearance based. Yeah. They wouldn't even have met me. I had literally no joke, 10 different guys I've never met, but that go to my school, message me on Instagram, say, you're like really pretty. We should hang out sometime. And the second I started trying to talk about anything else, it was like no longer interested. What I had to offer on the inside meant nothing, absolutely Mm. nothing. So I feel like that's just from what I've seen, at least. Yeah. I feel like I give a lot of value to what's on the inside. And when I try to form relationships with people, whether that be a romantic relationship or a friendship, I definitely try to look at the personality aspect and the what's on the inside first. Mm -hmm. I know sometimes it's hard because, you know, we all can make quick judgments about people without really knowing them. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, a problem. But I mean, every time that I've really been in a relationship that I felt was very strong and very positive, it's because just on that inner level, we really understand each other. Yeah. That soul level, you have a connection. Yeah. And that's why I put that in my definition. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jessica. I'm thinking about this topic. I was thinking about how I've been using some dating apps recently and the whole like system of the dating app is like swipe left, swipe right based on like the photo of the person and like the very few details that they give. And it's like thinking about, I was like, wow, I'm kind of hypocritical doing that. And it's just like, as you know, someone who believes in who you are on the inside matters, like just as much, if not more on the outside that it's so ingrained in our society and ingrained in like how we were brought up that like it did not even occur to me like I'm just like yeah swipe left he's cute no he's not in this and that and it's just you know bizarre how many like ways this comes into our lives and like how many ways we have to like work through it and also then like how that affects your self-esteem if you're not getting all the matches or if people aren't swiping on you then you're not good enough or pretty enough or whatever it could be so it's like social media definitely is huge part of like judging based on how you look like Charlotte's getting all the comments about her blonde wig I know exactly (laughs) I know it's so interesting to me because I that's and I want to take off on that note because we hear these phrases like blondes have more fun and you know I don't think it's an accident that when we get highlights men and women we get blonde highlights because we've been sold this story about being blonde and you know how that is i also have beautiful blonde friends that are incredibly intelligent that get no love for that 
you know, there's no, no opportunity. And especially for women, there's guys will be interested in them and they're, they, they aren't interested in hearing about how incredibly intelligent and beautiful and thoughtful and artistic they are. So that, that one can, that one swings both ways, but we do that. We go to tanning beds and get cancer because we're told darker skin is, you know, more attractive from tanning, but yet we will persecute the black and brown bodies who have this beautiful natural skin tone. I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> you've, you've told uh, you, you beauty industry, you've told people, you know, and then how skinny you are, how big your butt is, how small your butt is, you know, all those things. And just the body image piece. I mean, I remember I literally I talked about this in our Clay Healthcare podcast episode that's going to drop in a few weeks. When I was in high school, when I went into junior college, I ended up with a foot injury. I had a track scholarship at a junior college, ended up with a foot injury that wasn't actually from my track running itself. It was from the fact that if I felt like I ate too much at in a day, I would get out of my bed at night and jog barefoot until I felt skinny enough. And that ended up manifesting a very serious injury in my right foot because I had heard from my dad, sorry, in my sophomore year in high school, your butt might be a little too big for track. You might need to do something about that. I mean, those those topics, those things that we hear, but then like a few years ago, and I, you know, and this is not to pick on this particular pop star, but I remember when Iggy Azalea got the whole butt thing done to her body and that was not natural for her and I'm like this woman feels like she's got to do this because having a big butt right now this is not her natural build she's a long tall blonde for god's sakes or and you know and I'm thinking but then I also thought stuff well my big butt would have been in style now I mean just like all these things that the the society says about these looks and the the lengths that people go to you hear about people trying to bleach their skin and then you've got other people going to the panning tanning bed to be more tan because being pale is pasty or what i mean there's just so much garbage out there that we are that is thrown at us every day and i think that what makes me sad about the whole like social media and magazine piece is there's such an opportunity to do the right thing. They have so much influence and they could do so much good. And there, there's some that try, but by and large, it's just so capitalized and so um, profitized instead of using this for the power of good and, and celebrating everyone's inner and outer beauty. It's used for this garbage instead and we're left to navigate this. I would argue and I totally agree that how we feel about our own beauty has a large effect on our emotional, physical, and mental health. Um, Michaela, I'm going to start with you. Do you want to comment on that? Yes, I absolutely agree with this. And I know for me, um, having, you know, dealing with PCOS, you know, my journey with that and how that's mm. negatively impacted me for quite some time. Sure. I know when I first found out about it, when I first got diagnosed, um, that started to become my identity. Like my um, identity was rooted in that. Like I kept mentioning and talking about it. And, you know, it was doing something to me because I just felt like I was going to die, I guess. And, yeah. you know, and yeah. I've noticed too, like one of the symptoms with PCOS is like anxiety, depression, and mood swings. And I was definitely mm. experiencing those things. Sure. So, um, 
yeah, I've noticed that like it's had um, taken a toll on those areas of my life. And it doesn't help either that like I've had guys, especially in middle school and high school mention mm. like how hairy my legs were and just mention the hair growth. And I noticed that since I was a little girl that there was mm. something different about me, but I just couldn't put my finger on what that was because of course yeah. I didn't know what PCOS was when I was younger sure. right? and no one told me about it. You know, yeah. it's not, I mean, it's being talked about more and I'm thankful for that, but it wasn't before. So again, I was just very unaware of it. And I just thought like, okay, I'm just different and unique, but again, I don't know why that is. Yeah. And so I've come to terms with the diagnosis and everything. I mean, it's not something that I guess you can say I'm proud of or can say that I love it, but I've come to at least accept it. Sure. It's one of your layers. Exactly. Yeah. And so I've definitely just been noticing, at least more recently, that I've just been loving my natural beauty much more. Like Mm -hmm. now when I look at myself in the mirror, I'm no longer like disgusted or like, you know, seeing me as unappealing and unattractive. Like I'm actually seeing a beautiful woman standing before Mm -hmm. the mirror and just noticing, you know, what I kept seeing as faults and imperfections of mine as beautiful, you know, like my eyes, for example, I love my eyes. And my mom has constantly been mentioning to me recently, like you have almond eyes. So that's Mm -hmm. made me have like a greater appreciation for my eyes. I also, you know, have been pointing out how I love the fact that I have long eyelashes, for example. Mm -hmm. And even with me, like seeing the acne, the dark spots, and even the chin hair that I've gotten two years ago as a result of um, the PCOS, um, I'm still just like, I'm beautiful. You know, that's no longer a bother to me. Um, I'm not going to let society or I'm not going to let what people used to say to me in my past sway me to thinking otherwise. And so um, God definitely has been a big part in this, has played a big part in this too, like me coming to terms with my beauty overall and especially my natural beauty, just like seeing how, you know, you don't need to wear makeup always to be beautiful. Makeup enhances your beauty. It doesn't define your beauty. That's how I look at, you know, makeup. And even though I love wearing makeup, I really do. But yeah, it's just something that enhances my beauty. It doesn't define it by any means and you know I love this analogy that like someone told me before about like how makeup is like a palette and like our faces are like a canvas for it and I love that analogy that someone gave me because it's like yeah you know we're painting a beautiful canvas of ourselves with you know makeup products and everything but again at the end of the day I hope you know, for any woman who's listening to this knows that, again, there is nothing wrong with you choosing to not wear makeup all the time or choosing just not to wear it at all. You know, that's up to you. But, you know, know that you are beautiful just the way you are. And, you know, I wish these were things that I would have told my younger self and Mm. accepted at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so many good points there. Thank you so much, Michaela, for that. Charlotte? So I think Michaela touched on a lot of really important points. And I definitely agree that when I kind of have had more negative um, views on my own beauty, it has had more negative consequences on both my mental and physical health. Mm -hmm. I know whenever I kind of felt like I wasn't beautiful or that somebody was trying to tell me I wasn't, 
definitely get in my head about that a lot, which is not good mentally. And especially, again, with social media, I feel like it can be very hard to escape that. And that can be very damaging for my mental health, especially because part of the topic is with other women and other people as well. I feel like it can be hard because the social media, as I talked about in probably almost every episode I've been on, is that whenever we're on social media, we're looking at other people and seeing all these good comments about them, like, oh, so beautiful, so perfect, so great. And then, you know, when you're having a bad day or looking at yourself, frowning upon yourself, you kind of see those comments as an attack at you when really they're not, they're just uplifting somebody else. But when you're in a bad mental state like that, of course, you take it like, oh, I can't have anything good. Why don't people comment that on my posts? And I know I do that a lot, which is not good. Um, And, you know, it kind of also leads us to put down other people, which is, again, something that I really hate to do, but can be guilty of when I'm in a very bad headspace. And then in terms of physical, I know when I'm not feeling beautiful, it can definitely cause me to have different effects. Like when I would be in middle school or high school and get these comments about my body, definitely felt like I would restrict what I was eating Mm. or, you know, to try to fit into like smaller pants, things like that, Mm. that are so stupid and that are not healthy. But, you know, you kind of get driven to these when society pushes these expectations on you. And you're in such formative years at that time. You know, I think that's a thing that's so kind of evil about the marketing that hits with all these different cosmetic companies and clothing companies and whatnot as they as they try to they hit that middle and high school when you are just trying to find your space in the world and trying to figure out who you are and who you want to be and they're throwing all this stuff at you and you don't you're I mean your frontal vortex isn't fully formed yet. You don't have the the tools yet even to combat all of these these messages. So yeah, really good points there. Jessica? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I, I feel like we could talk about this all day. Um, I know. It's just like, it makes me think of when I was in therapy in college, and we were working on my self esteem. And she said to me, name things that you like about yourself, not your personality mm-hmm. or who you are inside. She's like, name, name what you like about you on the outside. And I just burst into tears because I couldn't name a single thing that I liked about how I looked. And I, it was then that like, I was like, I have to change my whole life now because I can't keep living like mm-hmm. this, being miserable and stuff. And yeah. it shouldn't take till someone's like 20 years to work this out. So I think the earlier we can start having the conversation and like, especially mm-hmm. when like kids become more exposed to social media and television, sure. marketing, all that stuff. I think the better off that will be because like it just should not take that long for someone to realize that they don't have to go change everything about themselves on the outside. It was I had to work on myself on the inside to make myself feel better. Like I didn't change anything about how I look on the outside. It was all an internal struggle. Yeah. And it just took so long to realize I don't need to fix what's going on out here. It's yeah. All that internal beauty we were all talking about. Yeah. And just working through the garbage messages you've been sent. And I don't think it's too young. There's, I mean, from the minute you're, you're walking into preschool, there are start, there's starting to be messages sent about what is and isn't acceptable in terms of clothes you wear, what kind of, what kind of 
hat you've got on, how many back handsprings you can do on the playground, what kind of bow you, I mean, all those messages are starting very early. So, you know, I think it's really important for parents that, you know, there's not, there's not too soon to start having this conversation about, you know, you are beautiful on the inside and out because you were made uniquely and special and there's no one else like you in this world. And don't let anybody tell you any differently. I don't think we can have that conversation too soon. We've touched on this earlier. And another part that we could talk about all day, it's interesting in my purview, I would say that men, especially white men and the patriarchy kind of society has been kind of given the green light for thousands of years to dictate what beauty is. Um, And there's some, you know, I think misogynistic men out there that would say that beauty only applies to women, not to men. And I disagree with that too. And the the fact that beauty applies to so many things, we're talking about it, what we've experienced with it as people, but beauty applies to work, artwork, the kind of work you're doing, you know, mountains, streams, outdoors. I mean, there's so many other ways we can talk about it. So um, start again with Michaela. Talk to me about your thoughts on that. I agree with this 100%. And it's so sad too, because, you know, something that I noticed, um, especially when I was, I think it was when I was a teenager, I, and people I know on social media have discussed this openly about how in movies you would have, um, especially nowadays, you would see more light-skinned Black women in major roles versus, you know, a dark-skinned actor um, in the major roles, or even if they were offered these roles, they were put on the back burner. They were the minor characters. They were the characters that may have gotten killed off in like the first scene or whatnot. And, you know, I didn't think of it that way. I think when I was younger, because it's like, wow, representation, I'm just happy to see that we're on screen. But as I got older, yeah, I started noticing that. And I'm like, yeah, this is very problematic. And it's interesting, too, because I know people have brought up how in like the 90s show, like the black 90s show, you would have like um, dark skinned actors, you know, being showcased in these roles and everything and how they were consistently on screen. But for some odd reason, as we got into like, I think the early 2000s and beyond, that started to drift away. Yeah. And it's just interesting how, you know, that came about because it's like wait a minute isn't that backwards like what is going on like I what so that was really you know confusing me and yet again I definitely see that as very problematic but I think we have started to see a shift in that and I'm thankful for that because we Mm -hmm. are starting to see you know more dark-skinned actors being offered these major roles and we're seeing them on the big screen or the small screen and we're seeing them on the cover of magazines we're seeing you know, that Black is beautiful and that, you know, we, it's, it's been a long time coming, but, you know, at least we're finally here. But again, it still comes with, you know, people complaining about it and not feeling it and all, but I'm just glad to see growth and change being made. Well, yeah. And I would go, uh, thank you so much. Really good examples there. And there's a Instagram, um, called I am pretty period. And it features dark black men, women, 
all these. And it's kind of a, a counter to, no, we're not pretty because for this or for that. I am pretty, period. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's all I have to say about it. But, that you know, encountering these ridiculous statements and outrageous statements, but I, my oldest daughter brought up this in our conversation yesterday that I was having with them about this episode, she goes, she goes, and then we have the whole fetish thing that goes on that these same white men that are saying these things publicly, what is beautiful, have all these back door things that they do under the radar that are really fetish and disturbing. And I feel like that's its own um, thing too. And they just find, you know, different kinds of beauty in terms of the stuff we don't talk about, the stuff we do talk about. And I feel like that is a whole other scary but and very problematic, very hypocritical um, topic matter that we could go down the road on. Um, Charlotte, go ahead. So Michaela, I think you brought up a really good point that kind of our treatment of Black women and men are different. I know in a lot of movies and shows that I watched particularly that are from the more early 2000s and 2010s a lot of the husbands in those movies are dark-skinned actors but then all the wives are light-skinned actresses so it is interesting that for a man the dark skin is fine but then when it's a wimp when it's a woman they cast somebody who has lighter skin Mm -hmm. and I find that to be something that's you know shows that we definitely do hold different views about what's beautiful when it comes to a man or a woman. Mm -hmm. And speaking to the point that you said, Melissa, as well, about um, that since men have often kind of defined beauty, how do we then also analyze our views on men's beauty? And, you know, a lot of times I do hear comments like, you know, when I'm with my friends, and we're all mostly females, we will just be like, oh, you look so beautiful. You look so pretty. And we just say it to each other and it's fine. And society is like, oh yeah, they're hyping each other up. But then if a man says another man looks good, they get labeled as being gay or, you know, different terms. And so there's definitely a double standard there as well. Mm -hmm. Like why can women hype each other up and say we're all beautiful. And then when it comes to men, it's like a connotation of like oh they must be gay so i definitely why, think- why is it a comment on your sexuality yeah. and good for, and if you are gay yeah. great I mean, that's absolutely but why is it that only gay men say men are beautiful why can't yeah. all men say that men are beautiful why do have we gender fight that or sexualize that and yeah. even the terms that we use to describe beauty from men to women like why are men handsome and girls are pretty or beautiful yeah. why can't everybody just be Certain yeah. t- like I don't know why we've gendered it so much and made it about sexuality and you know it's I find it so stupid. I know no really good points there, Jessica. Oh uh, yeah, I I think everyone can be defined as beautiful. Like I don't yeah I don't know why there's such a double standards when it comes to men and women and old and young and everything else. And you know I'll tell like my male friends or guys will be like, Oh, you look so good. You look beautiful. You look wonderful. And they're why are you flirting with so-and-so? I'm like, I'm not, they just, they look yeah. great. They deserve yes. to feel, don't they deserve to feel good about themselves as well? Like, yeah, just because you're a man and doesn't that mean that you also deserve to feel good about how you look. And I mm-hmm. feel like there's definitely less of a 
conversation for men to have when it comes to how they feel about their looks because you know they're don't talk about that don't talk about how you look or if you feel bad about yourself like that's just suck it up and you're a man and just have big muscles and you'll be fine and whatever else like it just is a hard conversation I guess for everyone to have and then you take into account like race and age and gender and sexuality if you want to bring that into everything else it's you know there's so many different different layers to it yes layers again we're back to layers (laughs) all of them that go with this all right Uh well as as we all could see folks we could talk about this all day and this is a little longer episode because we could talk about this all day but i think it's so important and so we're going to kind of wrap it up here but we've talked about how this dealing and navigating this whole beauty and beauty privilege piece can take a toll on our mental, emotional, physical health. I feel like too, there's probably areas where we have to set boundaries and we have to define what our expectations are in terms of what others' expectations are and that we have to um, accept those layered aspects of ourselves despite the noise we're hearing. So to kind of wrap it up, I'm going to circle around again to everybody to comment on that. Um, Michaela, we'll start with you. I think definitely with social media that applies, like setting healthy boundaries with that. Remembering that, again, as we've discussed many times on this podcast, that, you know, what we see on social media is not the full scope of someone or not the full scope of someone's life. And that goes for like... I guess the pretty and polished pictures that we post of ourselves, because I know that I have done it too when I wore makeup and everything um, and posted that on like Instagram, for example. But, you know, remembering that you are beautiful just the way you are and to not let that dictate how you should view yourself or how God views you because you are fearfully, wonderfully made. Yeah. Um, he made he made no mistakes making you and continue to embrace who he created you to be and know that again that's just a person's highlight reel and everything that's not a full scope of everyone you know and even if you don't have polished pictures of yourselves and everything that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not beautiful you're not worthy of being pursued or someone you know, wanting to date you or anything. And so, you know, just setting healthy boundaries for social media and remembering that, keeping that in mind every time I log into my different platforms every day. Yeah, absolutely. Really good points. Charlotte. So in terms of like self-care, I definitely have been focusing on that more and not kind of letting other people's comments affect the way that I view myself as beautiful. And I feel like I do feel the most beautiful when I do things that make me happy. So Mm -hmm. I've kind of changed my mindset, which is a good thing. Yeah. In terms of setting boundaries, I couldn't agree more with Michaela, which is I I know is like very ironic considering we're both the social media people, but (laughs) staying off of social media is an important one. But I feel like that's more like, you know, we follow a lot of like promoting positivity accounts. It's more like my own personal social media where I'm like, I don't need to see all these people that I follow. Sometimes I need to set myself a boundary and just be like, I can't do this today. I can't be on social media. I need to stop looking at the DMs I'm getting or the comments I'm getting. Like, I just can't. So I feel like that's definitely a place where I set my boundaries. And then in terms of like embracing layers 
tying in some of the other points, I feel like as I've grown and as I've kind of developed my own definition of beauty, as we Mm -hmm. said in the beginning of the episode, I've definitely felt better about all of my layers and I have kind of accepted them as beautiful, which I think is a great thing. And hopefully we all can do that and not let society continue to tell us what is or isn't beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Really good points. Jessica. Definitely living out of your own expectations versus others. Mm. I think in the idea of beauty and um, tying in the whole social media thing and seeing what other people are doing with themselves, how they look and um, how they take care of themselves. I think that living out of your own expectations that as long as I am happy and healthy and, you know, can sleep good on my pillow at night, then I have been successful in whatever beauty standards are going on, whatever is in the fashion right now. Yeah, yeah. All really good points by you all. And I think I would just add what I will stop and do as I'm getting, if I'm getting ready to do something by a certain dress or get my hair done or whatever, it get my nails done. Why am I doing that? Am I doing that because it's something I just feel good about and I want to be treated today? Or am I doing that because of something I've heard or said or some perception that I'm trying to meet or cancel out? And so constantly analyzing and making sure that I'm doing it for me by my my own decision and not something that I feel like has been imposed upon or that I'm embodying that isn't really who I am. And I'm allowing those outer voices to speak into why I'm doing something, um, you know, and that can be any, you know, how much I work out, how much I eat, what I eat, if I'm going to lose weight or not, you know, I, it's so, there's so many factors into that. And so it, uh, just such a good conversation today, ladies. Wow. So many things, as we said at the beginning, we want to hear from you. There are parts of this that we didn't even get into today. I mean, I think we could do a whole separate episode on what people with disabilities deal with in this beauty world. I think that could be a a topic on its own. We kind of touched on how people, men, you know, decide whether they can say beautiful or not and the stereotypes that go into that. I feel like that could be, it's a, I mean, we could break these all out, but we want to hear what your experiences are. We want to hear your thoughts about this. We want to hear your definitions. So please DM us at Embracing Layers on Instagram. Send us videos. Email us at Embrace, not at Embracing Layers, Embracing Layers at gmail.com. I got to get my ats in the right place. Because um, we really do. We want this to be an interactive conversation. We think it's important and we want it to continue. But thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Michaela, Jessica, and Charlotte for your insights on this. I really appreciate it. Oh, you can find us on all the socials. Um, we are everywhere now. We are on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube. What am I forgetting, ladies? What are TikTok? TikTok, yeah. <laughs> I, we're everywhere. So, so yeah. So take a look at all those things. Comment. Tell us what you think. We want to hear from you. Um, t- give us a follow. Also, um, if you really like this episode, we'd love you to review it. That helps us get the word out about who we are. Um, to more audiences. So we'd appreciate that as well. But thanks so much for participating in this conversation, for listening. We hope to hear from you and have a great week.